Sehen han ihm miteinander, wie Bier finden. Ladies and gentlemen, dear friends, I am most honored to be with you today and think back fondly on my first invitation to speak in Istanbul in 2013. Well, the last time I came to Istanbul in 2016, and all the marvelous friends and colleagues I have met and stayed in touch with. My heart goes out to the families of the victims of the recent earthquakes. Please accept my sincere condolences. As a former director of environment of a French city from 2008 to 2011, I saw firsthand the importance of sustainability at the city level, the place where we all live. Following many publications, speeches on sustainability, the organization of a green economy forum in Algiers in March 2021, and my recent keynote speech in the first REVS summit in Kenya on the four survival challenges, food, water, energy, and climate, and to follow up on my engagement in this very strategic domain, I recently founded the Trocadero Forum Institute in Paris in 2022 to train the next generation of leaders in sustainable leadership and diplomacy. This speech is a great opportunity for me to speak about the importance of putting sustainability at the heart of our decision-making process, be it in government, in the private sector, or in the nonprofit sector. Climate change is changing the way we live, the way we invest, the way we operate, the way we govern, the way our citizens live and what they expect from us. As we come out of the COVID pandemic, which brought a lot of national security issues to the fore, we realize that globalization has also created varying dependencies, as seen in the recent war in Ukraine, the earthquakes in Turkey, the ongoing migrant crisis, and even in the recent strikes about retirement reform in France. Let's look at how climate change will impact global security. In the World Economic Forum's 2023 Risk Report, the top 10 risks in two years and 10 years contain five climate risks and six climate risks, respectively. In two years' time, we will see natural disasters, number two, the failure to mitigate climate change, number five, large-scale environmental damage incidents, number six, the failure of climate change adaptation, number seven, and natural resource crisis, number nine. In 10 years' time, in the first place, is the failure to mitigate climate change. In second place, the failure to climate change adaptation. Number three is natural disasters and extreme weather events. Number four is biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse. Number five is large-scale migration. And number nine, then moving up to number six, is natural resource crises. Number seven is erosion of social cohesion and societal polarization. Number eight, widespread cybercrime and cyber insecurity. And number three, now number nine, geoeconomic confrontation. And now number 10, large-scale environmental damage incidents. Even though the WEF places geoeconomic confrontation in third position in two years and ninth position in 10 years, I would like to start first with geopolitical challenges, followed by geoeconomic challenges, 
And finally, with the most critical challenge of all, energy, natural resources, and water. Part 1. Geopolitical Implications for Governance Challenges to Global Security We are witnessing a geopolitical shift in power, which is putting pressure on fossil fuel producing countries, OPEC and OPEC+, which have supplied energies to the industrialized world, starting with Azerbaijan in 1847, but must now transform their energies into clean energies in the blink of an eye. It's a new Cold War based on energy in a race to save our planet. While this is certainly a very noble and necessary goal, it will once again divide our world into those countries which have the technology to transition and those which do not. Not only do they now need to transform how they produce and use fossil fuels, they also need to transform their entire economies and invest in R&D to create new industries, new cars, new digital technologies, which will inevitably result in new geopolitical security challenges. Because of these necessary and legally binding transitions, the world will experience many power shifts and challenges at the geopolitical level. In historic fossil fuel energy providers and exporters, such as Saudi Arabia, Iran, UAE, Qatar, Russia, Venezuela, where the greatest reserves of oil and gas are located. Let's look at two major impacts that climate change has on the power struggle and the effort to maintain or change the global order through the lens of defense spending globally and at the national or local level political legitimacy. So how is defense spending related to climate change? As stated above, the risks indicated will require national defense investments, which we hope in the near future will be greener, but that is a topic for another panel. Defense spending. The Ukraine war was a wake-up call for many countries in Europe, where the trend was sizing down, reducing defense budgets, and certainly before the terror attacks on November 13, 2015 in France. It was our 9-11. It must be noted that budget increases in military spending were the highest in Europe, 13%, in 2022, the largest annual increase in total European spending in the post-Cold War era. Ukraine increased its budget by 640%, or $44 billion, or 34% of GDP, and Russia increased hers by 9.2%, or $86.4 billion, or 4.1%, of GDP. According to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, or CIPRI, world military expenditure rose by 3.7% in real terms in 2022 to reach a record high of $2,240 billion. Global spending grew by 19% over the decade, 2013 to 22, and has risen every year since 2015. Russia's invasion of Ukraine was a major driver of the growth in spending in 2022. These top five countries accounted for 63% of global military spending in 2022. The United States, 39%, and China, 13%, remained the two largest spenders, followed by Russia, 3.9%, India, 3.6%, and Saudi Arabia, 3.3%. In the Asia-Oceania region, 
The combined military expenditures of countries in Asia and Oceania was $575 billion. This was 2.7% more than in 2021 and 45% more than in 2013, continuing an uninterrupted upward trend dating back to at least 1989. The growth in spending in 2022 can be mostly attributed to increases in expenditure by China, military budget estimated at $292 billion in 2022, more than 4.2% more than in 2021, and 63% more than in 2013. India was the fourth largest spender, military expenditure of $81.4 billion, up by 6% from 2021 and by 47% from 2013. And Japan allocated $46 billion to its military in 2022, up by 5.9% from 2021 and by 18% from 2013, together accounted for almost three quarters or 73% of regional spending. Has World War III already started? Will some alliances change, as was discussed in the first and second panels on Ukraine and recoding the transatlantic security architecture, where some countries may move to consolidate geopolitical and geoeconomic power positions on the global chessboard? Many analysts say that we are sleepwalking into a major war, not only in Europe, but also in Asia. Political legitimacy. In the face of the climate naysayers, young activists are calling out presidents, elected officials, who in their eyes seem to have lost their legitimacy, even though they have been democratically elected. It seems that even democracy is being challenged, both inside and out. Indeed, Elections are a good barometer to measure the citizen engagement to vote in elections, where we see historically low election turnouts and high absenteeism at the voting booths, as I have seen personally in Manning, a voting booth in my town in France. Where have all the mainstream parties gone? In France, they have all but disappeared to give way to extreme right and left parties. The middle, the moderate center has been completely carved out. The extremes are gaining votes and power on the ends of the political spectrum, where climate activists and even so-called climate terrorists have emerged to spray paint or damage historic monuments or paintings at the Louvre or at the Palazzo Pitti. Part two geoeconomic challenges to global governance and security. The real test is geoeconomic, as we were witnessed during the COVID pandemic. Trade came to a halt. Many people lost their jobs. Many countries went into debt, trying to prop up large swaths of the economy, businesses, even though many sectors were completely shuttered, such as tourism, hotels, and restaurants. And our supply chains were put to the test. And the same will take place as we attempt to green our economy, to transform our businesses to be more resilient, less dependent on external faraway suppliers, as many countries like France attempt to reindustrialize or create more industries and jobs at home. Now is the time to implement new policies based on economic social governance, or ESG, norms and business practices that reduce risk and increase value such as B Corp enterprises. But how much will this transition cost us? 
Should we be looking at Industry 4.0 as a job creator and a game changer? How many countries and businesses will go bankrupt trying to achieve these virtuous goals? In January 2020, the EU Commission presented the Sustainable Europe Investment Plan, the strategy to finance the Green Deal by attracting at least 1 trillion euros worth of public and private investment over the next decade. For the new Green Deal, the Parliament adopted the EU Climate Law on June 24, 2021, which makes legally binding a target of reducing emissions by 55% by 2030 and climate neutrality by 2050. American President Joe Biden passed legislation called the Inflation Reduction Act, or the IRA, which contains $437 billion worth of spending, $369 billion of which will go towards emission-cutting measures, such as tax breaks for low-carbon energy and electric vehicles. The president's budget invests a total of $52.2 billion in discretionary budget authority to tackle the climate crisis, $10.9 billion more than in fiscal year 2023, or an increase of nearly 26%. China is investing massively in the green transition, more than the United States. The country spent $546 billion in 2022 on investments that included solar and wind energy, electric vehicles, and batteries. That is nearly four times the amount of U.S. investments, which totaled $141 billion. The European Union was second to China, with $180 billion in clean energy investments. Are we going not only to face military wars, but protectionist wars? Will those who have developed the technologies necessary to implement the transition be willing to share the patents and IP with those nations which do not have them? Will it be like it was with the vaccines, where the vaccination rate in rich nations was very high and the rate in emerging economies was in single digits? Now let's look at two major geoeconomic impacts of climate change on human security and food security, which are intimately linked. Human security. According to the UNHCR's report, Global Trends in Forced Displacement 2020, 95% of all conflict displacements in 2020 occurred in countries vulnerable or highly vulnerable to climate change. Because of climate change, and we already saw this in my think tank's report in 2015 to the French Defense Ministry, the current estimates stand at 21.5 million people per year or 1.2 billion climate refugees by 2050 who will be displaced by climate change as agricultural crop patterns evolve, resulting in famine and starvation, which will ultimately destabilize entire nations and regions. Not only will people be leaving their homeland because of a lack of food or jobs, they will be leaving a vacuum, creating a brain drain, particularly a scientific and economic one, because of wars, leaving governments and companies scrambling to attract and retain the best talent. Food security. And as our climate changes, access to fertilizers and grain imports will become strained, like is the case in the current war in Ukraine. In peaceful times, Ukraine had the capacity to feed 400 million people, as David Beasley said recently in an interview on the BBC. But the recent war has prevented it from doing so. Ukraine and Russia together make up one-third, 
33%, or 102 million tons, of global wheat and barley exports to Africa and elsewhere. Brokered by the United Nations and Turkey on July 22, 2022, the Black Sea Grain Initiative opened a safe maritime humanitarian quarter to export more than 900 ships laden with grain, and as of March 2023, over 23 million tons comprised of 49% of maize, 28% of wheat, 11% of sunflower seeds and products, and 12% of other. 65% of the wheat and 49% of the maize went to developing countries. Many countries like China are seeking to be self-sufficient in seed and food production. Even in France, there is a rush to consume local and organic and circuit court. Have all the international organizations created at the end of World War II failed to prevent wars, migration, starvation, pollution that can, separately or together, destabilize a country as we are now seeing in Sudan? Part 3. Energy Challenges to Global Governance and Security Clean energy is key. Technology and water are critical. Finally, one of the most important aspects of the effects of climate change on global security is energy, or access to clean or renewable energy. With all the legislation and constraints on our economies to curb greenhouse gas emissions, or GHG, are we shooting ourselves in the foot economically? The race is on to transform fossil fuels into cleaner fuels, transition fuels, so they say, to natural gas. The objective is to attain net zero emissions. But is that really possible? Are electric cars really clean? What is their carbon footprint? You think you are driving a clean car that doesn't pollute the air, but where do the battery and the electricity come from which power the car? And by the way, where are all the rare earth elements, or REE, located? According to the United States Geological Survey, or the USGS, the 17 elements that comprise what we call rare earth elements, totaling worldwide reserves of 115,870,000 tons, China tops the list in terms of reserves and mines, of 44 million tons, or 37.9%. Vietnam and Brazil come in in second in terms of reserves with 22 million and 21 million tons, respectively, 18.9% or 18.1%. Russia with 12 million tons, 10.3%, and India with 6.9 million tons, 5.9%, just to name the top five countries. We can notice that the lion's share of the REEs are located in China, while Taiwan has the monopoly on the microchip market by 95%. The U.S. even passed the U.S. Chip Act in July 2022, as they saw their semiconductor manufacturing capacity located in the U.S. decline from 37% in 1990 to 12% today. They will create a new industry of microchips to reduce their dependence on outside suppliers. Then comes the question of the supply of lithium to power all the electric clean cars, which is also used in other products we use on a daily basis, such as laptops and cell phone batteries, and in the glass and ceramic industry. Note that demand for lithium has tripled between 
2008 and 2018, rising from 25,400 tons to 85,000 tons. The major deposits of lithium, estimated to be at 14 million tons, are located in Chile, which has the largest world reserves at 8 million tons, followed by Australia with 2.7 million tons, and in third place, China with reserves of 1 million tons. The extraction methods in South America consist of bringing lithium containing salt water up to the surface from underground lakes. Farmers have complained that this method is resulting in droughts for agriculture on livestock farming. Is it realistic to stop the production of combustion engine or moteur thermique cars by 2030? Do we have enough lithium to produce enough batteries to power X number of cars by 2030? Is mining for lithium much different than mining for coal? A lot of cars are racing to build nuclear power plants, like Turkey's Akuyu nuclear power plant, in close cooperation for highest standards with the Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency. Nuclear power plants are considered to be carbon neutral, but they take at least 15 years to build. But in case of nuclear fade, the International Energy Agency, or the IEA, states that the clean energy transition will become more difficult and more costly, requiring $1.6 trillion of additional investment in advanced economies over the next two decades. There is no quick fix for this transition. Even though modest gains have been made to reach 28.7% of electricity coming from renewable sources, 2022 has been a record year for renewable capacity additions, with annual capacity expected to amount to about 340 gigawatts. In conclusion, dear friends, it is clear that we have geopolitical, geoeconomic, and energy challenges in front of us, and that in order to maintain global peace, prosperity, and security, we clearly require a new paradigm or a new alternative business model to successfully make the transition to a greener, more sustainable and inclusive economy that lives up to the promise of the 17 United Nations Development Goals of the UN SDGs that will above all reduce risks and create value for not only our shareholders, but our stakeholders. Thank you.